Live from Queensland, Australia, it's the podcast that some people all around the world are talking about. Those wonderful people are our lovely listeners, and now you're one of them too. To you, all of our lovely listeners, we say a hearty yeehaw. Can we get a yeehaw from everyone? Yeehaw! Let's get on with the show then. Be our guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie a napkin around your neck and enjoy some. Speak away, bruv. Why do you always give me weird looks after I do the intros for these? I was interested, I'll be fair, until you said napkin around the neck. Then I got a bit concerned. But that's the song. I don't mean like a noose. Is it? Is it? Tie a napkin round your neck, city, and we'll provide the rest. Soup to your heart of does, why we only live to serve. Try the great stuff, it's delicious, don't believe me, ask the dishes, blah, blah, blah. This episode has already been copyrighted, so yeah. let's move on. Yeah, we've already been taken down for a copyright strike. Hello there once again, lovely listeners, and welcome to another episode of Speak Away, bruv. Yeah! Yeah! Now you have to guess which one was real and which one was our pre-recorded version. Let's add another one in. Yeah! Yeah! There we go. Now was that him? Was, or was that was a seagull? Was one of them me? Was one of them Declan? We don't know. He's back in the room. He's been away for a few weeks. You know, he's been busy traveling Europe, as everyone seems to be doing this summer. Um, yeah, everyone I know is in Europe. Really? Honestly, like a solid half of the people who I'm friends with, either in real life or on Instagram, are in Europe right now. To be fair, it's the same with me as well. Is it really? Yeah. Isn't it just that most of the people that you follow online are already from Europe? No, America, amazingly. Right, okay. Anyway... Well, lovely listeners, we were meant to have a guest episode for you today, but... We failed. We... Mission failed. Try again next time. <laughs> um, yeah, we we weren't able to secure a guest um, in time, particularly because uh, at the time you're hearing this, uh, we've actually recorded this episode well in advance of when you're hearing it. Um, because I am in, uh, I'm traveling interstate um, the week that this episode releases. So we're having to record it early and we just couldn't kind of get anyone lined up uh, in time. But we're hoping that given that our next guest episode won't then release until middle of next month, so middle of September, that there should be plenty of opportunity for us to get somebody. If not, Maybe it's just an indictment that guests... Maybe we just don't have guests. Maybe it's like the first season of the Grand Tour where they all die before they manage to get on the show. Maybe, except for Mum. She's the one successful guest we've had so far, and honestly, that's just because it's convenient. (laughs) Fair. Yeah, and Declan, uh, after we kind of slighted him last season by cutting all of his stuff about the the Broncos, uh, he doesn't want to appear on this show, so... Yes, we almost got fired. We did almost get fired from our own show. Yeah, we almost got fired from the thing that we all created. That's it. So 
We do not have a guest this episode, but we have a, a fun little guest-related segment that will be taking place a little later in the show. But first, let's tap it a short to you. Tap it a short to you, lad. And our top of the show is really just about uh, in line with um, us kind of declaring that we the, we want to get some guests in. It's also just to talk about kind of what, um, you know, we came into this season with some ideas of how we wanted to do things, but, you know, you you learn by doing. And through being back doing the show, now this is our, ooh, what episode? We're seven episodes of both of our shows that we've been doing. So this is our seventh episode that we've been doing, that uh, that we've done since coming back from our break. Probably, yeah. So we've... Uh, you know we're we're happy with the format of the main show. You know I think that our last three episodes have been a lot of fun. We've enjoyed them. We hope you have too. Uh, with our filmic feelings, our first one was really a um, like a testing the waters. We really weren't quite sure what kind of format we wanted um, for that show because our movie opinions had always been in the main show. And so taking them into their own show, we weren't really quite sure how we wanted to format it. But we found that through that first show and through our subsequent episodes that we've done, we've really enjoyed just kind of talking about movies. We've got a very simple run sheet that we run off of like a few dot points and we just kind of let let the flow take us and we talk about, you know, all sorts of different things. Last week we talked about Barbenheimer. We just argue the whole time during filmic feelings, basically. I mean, we do end up arguing quite a bit. But, you know, like Barbenheimer last week, we we talked about our opinions on the film, but we also did a large segment just talking about the kind of Barbenheimer phenomenon um, because we found that quite interesting. And so, you know, I think with that show it's going to be – uh, a lot less structured than than our main episodes. You know, we've got a run sheet for for this show that we run off. That one's a little bit more fluid. Um, and in terms of how we're structuring that show moving forward, um, similarly, it's going to be on like a four-week rotation like our main show. So our main show is, uh, you know, one episode is the two of us talking then we have a week off to do a filmic feelings. Then we do the guest episode. Then we do another filmic feelings. So those two filmic feelings, the one between uh, the us episode and the guest episode, uh, we usually fall in about the middle of the month. And so that's going to be our... <coughs> apologies. That's going to be our... Talking about a, you know, a film series that we like, you know you know, a film that we watched a while ago, kind of exploring more past stuff. And then the um, episode at the end of the month is going to be more of a breakdown of the movies that we've seen in that month. Um, so the Barbenheimer one kind of fits that that niche as, you know, those two films did come out last month. So at the end of this month, we'll be talking about The Meg 2, Gran Turismo... And there'll be a few more to talk about by the time we get to the end of the month. Yes, Cooper, you have something you want to say? Yes, just a question. What about TV series? And what a great question that is, Cooper. 
Um, we haven't done a lot of talk about TV series in terms of um, how they fit into that show just because we haven't really had one that's come up where we've been like we really want to talk about it, um, at least at this stage. There's definitely room in that show to talk about TV series, video games, really anything because, um, you know, it's kind of – it's sure, it's called filmic feelings, but – it's really just our opinions on entertainment and, and that kind of thing. So I think that there can definitely be talk of TV series. Um, it's like our showbiz segment. Basically, it's like our showbiz spin-off show. Yeah. So, yeah, so we are working towards uh, getting some guests in or going out to some guests and recording uh, with some people. We will hopefully have that lined up for next time. And if we don't, we might just abandon the idea of guests for, for the moment. Yeah, I mean, Chris Hemsworth, we're happy to come down. Chris, uh, yeah, we're happy to make the drive down to Byron Bay. Uh, it's not far. It's not far. You're you're taking some time off. We get that. Let's, is he? Let's, yeah, he is. He's taking some time off acting. A lot of people are doing that at the moment. There are quite a few people. Well, Tom. Everyone's taking a break off acting, technically. Well, technically, yeah. Because of the strikes. But but yes, there are a lot of people who are taking uh, voluntary uh, extended leaves of absences from acting. Ah. Yeah. So, speaking of people we'd like to have on the show. Ah, I like it. I know. What a segue. Cooper asked me a question the other night when we were driving home from one of the films that we'll talk about at the end of the uh, at the end of the month in our end of month wrap up filmic feelings episode, and I thought it was a great question. And Cooper, there was there's a, there's a way that we could describe the way that question was formatted. How would you describe uh, it? Ah, yes, it's been a little while since we've done this. Mm. It, it's time for. Tell me why Ain't nothing but a heartache Tell me why We're gonna talk about some stuff And not get copyrighted That bit needs to go at this point It just never works It it never feels right Should we continue it? Should we? Oh my god Should we record it on the board? Uh, maybe Maybe we just record it on the board And then it just plays um, no, I quite like doing it, doing it naturally every time. But let's see. Anyway, uh, Cooper asked me, um, which two guests would would you have on the show, um, if if we could have anybody? And I thought it was a fascinating question. And we were just going to talk about two people we'd have on the show. But then in, in typical us fashion, we wanted to go a bit deeper and we wanted to put some categories to it, make it a real tell me why and really make it the kind of meat of this episode um, because we don't have a guest. We just kind of wanted to go, okay, well, if we could have anybody um, within these four categories, who are the people we'd have? And so our four categories are if we could have any Australian or New Zealander, who would we have? If we could have a current international person or personality, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, someone kind of celebrity, but 
for the most part, we've gone with very recognizable people to, to the audience. Um, but you know, there are people outside of the spotlight who we would probably love to have on the show, but we've focused on, you know, very recognizable people who we can talk about confidently. Then we've looked at, you know, if, if someone from recent history, someone from the kind of modern age, uh, if we could talk to someone who'd passed away, um, who would we really like to talk to? And then if we could talk to someone from ancient history, from from back in the day, uh, who would we want to talk to? So we've got our little list here. And Cooper, did you want to start us off or how do you want to do this? Just to re-clarify, it's important that we say, why would we want to talk to them? Well, that Cooper, that goes without saying. The whole segment is tell me why. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. We're doing it in a different key. That was interesting. Okay. We should start doing that more often. <laughs> uh, would you like to start? Sure, I'll start. So our lists start with an Australian or New Zealander. And we've both gone with with well-known personalities. Um, the person I would love to speak to on this podcast is Margot Robbie. Ah. Very, very of the moment, you know. She's got a massive movie out that, and I think most people know this, but I'm just going to say it just so that the people who don't now will know, is that not only is Margot the star of the Barbie movie, she's been attached to that film for a number of years as a producer. Has she? Yeah. See, Cooper didn't know. Yeah, Margot is is becoming, you know, quite a prolific producer. She's got a few um, credits to her name now um, within producing. Let me just pull up um, so that I can reference exactly what, what film she has produced. So she's produced Barbie. She was an executive producer on several TV series, including Dollface and Made. Dollface, which was a Hulu show, and Made, which was a Netflix series. Um, she was also an executive producer on the Mike Tyson TV show, Mike. She was a producer on Promising Young Woman. She was a producer on Birds of Prey, on Dreamland, Terminal, I, Tonya. So she's been producing... Since 2017, she's been producing. Most of them are stuff that she is uh, in some way starring in or affiliated with. Um, but, yeah, she's been um, producing quite heavily since uh, 2017 or even, you know, just before 2017, um, not long after she really made her splash in the industry. So the reason that I would really love to talk to Margot is because Margot, you know, started in a country Queensland town, moved to the Gold Coast. We have some, you know, crossover in lives. You know, um, Declan does go to a, well, did go when he was younger, did go to a school um, where Margot Robbie's mother was an educator and it was a special needs school. And that's where, you know, a lot of people are talking about at the moment, Margot, um, and a video arose of her talking in sign language to a fan and she learnt sign language in large part due to the fact that her mother 
worked at that school and knows sign language and knows, um, you know, care, how to care for special needs children. And so Margot has a lot of experience and in-depth knowledge in that regard. And I would just love to pick Margot's brain about, you know, her her pathway through the industry. It's such an interesting one. You know, she started in soap operas. You know, she was in Neighbours for a time. And then she, you know, overnight, you know, in the Wolf of Wall Street became this household name and has had, you know, Wolf of Wall Street was 10 years ago now. She's had ten a decade in Hollywood of this incredible stain power. You know, everything that she's in gets attention. Um, and, you know, obviously a, a large part of that has to do with, you know, she's very attractive, but she's an, a phenomenal actress and she just has this amazing sense of, you know, as I just said, she's she's a producer. She puts together a lot of these films and she has an amazing sense of audience, of story, of, you know, what what is going to be successful. And, and you know, not everything is, but her hits far outweigh the times where where she stumbled, you know, and I just think that she's phenomenal. I have a massive amount of respect uh, for her as an actress, as a producer, as as a filmmaker generally, and I would just really love the opportunity to just talk in depth about the industry and about, you know, her experience. Um, yeah, I think she'd make a fantastic guest on the podcast. Wow. Mm. Shall we move into mine? We shall. Please tell us. So, I've started becoming obsessed with comedy shows recently. So yes, that is, you have. Have you been paying attention? Cheap mm. seats. Thank God you're here. All on Channel 10. Yes. So I thought about some of those people, but then my brain sparked. Mm. about something you and I used to watch many years ago. I wouldn't say many years ago. I mean, it's still on Many the... years ago. Wait, what? Are you talking about the same show I'm talking about? Probably not. Anyway. Okay. So my Aussie New Zealander guest, dream guest, is Hamish Blake. Oh, yes, of Hamish and Andy fame. Yeah, so would people across the pond in, like, the US know Hamish? Look, it's it's possible. Let's let's go over some of Hamish's stuff. So for one, and this is one that Cooper wouldn't be as familiar with, but Hamish, uh, Hamish Blake and Andy Lee hosted their radio show for I want to say nearly twenty years. Kind of early. I mean, they still do it. They still do a, a podcast version of it on the listener app. But Hamish and Andy. Um, yeah, have a very prolific um, comedy career in Australia. They have gone overseas. They've done the Graham Norton show. They've done um, not as many of the US shows. Um, but, you know, they've done their, their Gap Year series internationally. But Cooper, you know, I think you watched a bit of Gap Year. What's Gap Year? Never mind. He hasn't watched much. No, I might Gap have. Year, 
We have watched Gap Year. We watched the South American one. It's the one where they go overseas and they... Like, it's the one where Hamish goes into the Amazon and gets bitten by all the bullet ants on his hands. See, those those are the shows that I'm talking about. Like yeah, those the, are the Gap Year shows. Where, you know, they, were in, they went on Death Road and all that. Yes. Those are the shows I'm talking about that yeah. I knew of Hamish and Andy. And, you know, Hamish hosts a show called Lego Masters here, which is one of the biggest shows in Australia. Yeah, and there is now an American version of it, which is, is hosted there? by Will Arnett. So if you've watched Lego Masters in the US, um, it started with an Australian version and Hamish is the host like Will Arnett is in the States. I don't know if it's gotten to the UK yet. We could probably Google it, but we won't. Yeah, so Hamish does that and obviously Andy, you know, he presents the 100. But I think because Hamish hosts the Lego Masters, which is a show I watch, I think that's why I chose Hamish. And so why would you want to talk to Hamish in the context of a um, Speak Away Brav interview? Well, I think it'd be... A fascinating man to talk to. You know, he's very funny. Mm. Uh, I'd like to hear, you know, what it's like to work on Lego Masters with Brickman and mm. meet all these amazing Lego builders. Mm. Apparently he stole some of the Lego from the set. <gasps> he revealed it some on of the, A Current Affair. Some of the hundreds of thousands of bricks he stole. I know. Then... Honestly, they're never going to be able to get that back. That is, honestly, how are they going to build their Lego now? They've I, only, I don't know. They've, I don't know how they go on. They've only got the, re- the rest of the Lego in the world in that room. Yeah, it's, um, it's truly horrific. Yes. But anyway, I think that's a great pick. So, so you'd want Hamish and you'd want to chat to him about Primarily about Lego Masters and a bit about the the Gap Year stuff because that's what you really know him for. Yeah, and, you know, he's a fellow podcaster technically. He is a fellow podcaster. Hamish, we'd love to have you. Hamish, if you're listening to this podcast for some reason, let us know. We'd love to uh, have you on. And Andy, mates with Hamish. There you go. Come join us. Yes, we we have four microphones, so we can facilitate both of you. Not Jack. Jack can't come. Who? Jack's there. Um, Jack's there. Declan, except he talks a lot more than Declan does because they Declan's don't always, insult Jack. Oh, they insult Jack all the time. Ah, but we insult Declan, and his response is to glare angrily at us. Jack's is to um, yell and complain. Also, we only have three microphones. No, we have a fourth. I just haven't set it up yet. Oh, my goodness. Why would I set it up? We can't even fit four people around this table. We can barely fit three people at this table. We can't fit three people at this table. I mean, we can. We fit mum here, but it was difficult. It was very uncomfortable. Anyway. Don't let that dissuade anyone from coming on our show. We're happy to move to other tables that are more conveniently sized for larger groups of people. Yes. If you're a giant, then we can go outside. There we go. All right. So, Hamish Blake, 
a fantastic choice. Hamish Blake, Margot Robbie, they're our Aussies that we want to get on the show. A very strong start. I would agree. Now we move into uh, someone international, an international personality that we would really like to um, chat to. Mine, I had to really think about mine. But once I, once the name came into my head, it it was just, it seemed like I I should have never thought of anyone else. It's the obvious choice. It is. And the great choice. I applaud you for this choice. Thank you very much. My choice is Keanu Reeves. Whoa! The... Yeah! <laughs> the, uh, you know, widely proclaimed nicest man in Hollywood. Um, I would absolutely jump at the opportunity to interview Keanu. He just seems like a lovely man with a real heart of gold and just an amazing career. I mean, he had this massive renaissance period in the 90s where, you know, you had the Matrix movies, you had Speed, Point Break, you know, he was at the top of his career and then he really pulled away from the spotlight for for a while into the kind of late 2000s, early 2010s. And then with John Wick. John Wick. Mr. John Wick. Jonathan, 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 what have you done? John Wick, which we've talked about here on this podcast a number of times. But he's completely been, rein- not even necessarily reinvented, just he's found this second life. And this massive online following from, you know, the firstly the John Wick movies, then you have, you know, his his appearance in Cyberpunk, the video game. Which oh, is did where, he appear in that? Yeah, he's the main character in it. Is he? Mm. Like he voices in everything? Yeah, and does the like facial capture for it and everything. It looks exactly like him. I guess I'm playing Cyberpunk, whatever it was. 2077. I wouldn't recommend it. Why? Although I do hear it's a lot better now than it was. It was really Why messy. have they updated it? Yeah. It took them like a year, 18 months to actually make it stable to play. But anyway, um, that's where the famous um, uh, Keanu Reeves, someone yells out at him. Um, oh, is it You're Beautiful? I, now I've forgotten it. Great. You're breathtaking. Though, that's it. He's someone yells out, you're breathtaking. And he goes, no, you're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking. It's, um, I mean, these act, these statements are very true. He's just, he seems like such a, a a fascinating human to talk to. And he's had this amazing journey through, through the industry and through life. And I would really relish the opportunity to talk to him in greater detail about, you know, his his experience of, of working in Hollywood over the last, you know, like 30 years. Yeah. And at the level that he's worked in it. He donates money to charity and, you know, he's very considerate and nice. And, and he doesn't live like the high life. He has a modest life. 
he takes the train, he goes for walks in the park. Yeah, like, well, you know, I was um, on YouTube and it was when I was watching a lot of John Wick videos when we mm. were watching John Wick. And it was like a video where he takes the train and eats with homeless people. Yeah. And I mean, he does all that and yet he's this incredibly dedicated martial artist and marksman and stunt driver and he does all of these amazing things in the in the John Wick films. He doesn't do stunts, he does action. Sorry. As he said. Yes, you're right. Cuz like he does the the action set pieces and then his his stuntman does the action. Like you'll see him driving but when the car Sorry, like, does the stunts. But when like you see him get like when the car crashes or anything, that's not him. Mm. But yeah, I um I would love the opportunity to talk to Keanu um on this show. I think it would be um an interesting show for sure, but I think it would be it would be great. I'm there with you. Well, yeah, that's the that's the great thing is that we're interviewing these people on the show, so we both get to meet them. Yeah, you know, John Wick is like one of my favorite films of all time. I'm aware. One of. Not the favorite though. Yes, I know. We might come back to that in a future episode. We might come back to it. Anyway, your international personality. So my international personality. So, so far you've had two movie people. Yes, I have. Who actually, haven't they worked together as well on a film? I don't think Margot and Keanu have worked together. Let me let me Google it while you keep... Well, you look that up. your person. So you've had two movie stars. I've had a comedian. And now it's time that we did a race car driver. Have you found anything? Uh, they have not worked on any movies together. Okay. That would actually be a good film, Keanu and Margot. I definitely agree. Well, it depends what film it was as well. But mm. So my international celebrity is a race car driver. Uh-huh. It is not Max Verstappen before anyone starts. Oh, my gosh. You want to chat to Max Verstappen? No. No. I hear you love him. I'll jump in a volcano before that happens. <laughs> For those people who missed, I think we talked about it last week. On we the, talk about it every oh, week. Oh, sorry. Last episode on the Grand Tour episode, but Cooper does not like Max Verstappen. Nobody should. Yes. That's why I'm not <laughs> watching the next Grand Prix because it's Max Verstappen Festival. Right. Okay. Anyway. This is a man of many talents. Mm -hmm. You have gotten to meet this person. I have. I doubt he'd remember me. He he definitely wouldn't. But I have met him not once, multiple times. What? Yeah. Oh, come on. First it was once and now it's multiple times. You just keep stabbing me, don't you? I don't. Anyway. Anyway, let's come back to that. Yeah. It is. The one, the only, the very talented man, Travis Pastrana. Travis Pastrami, yes. Pastrami. No, Pastrami that, sandwich. That's, that's Oscar Pastrami. Oscar Piastri. 
Pastrami. <laughs> um, yeah, Travis Pastrana, who um, I know, I, I don't really know his kind of modern race career. I know him as um, the crazy guy at Nitro Circus. Um, well, we'll get on to that. Because that's who he was when I met him. Because um, I met him at Nitro Circus. Um, Did you? Yeah, yeah. I've told you this story. Tell tell the people this story, though. Yes, let me tell the audience. So uh, many years ago uh, when I was – how old would I have been? I was in I, – I went to a lot of motorbike races and a lot of shows like Nitro Circus and there was the Krusty Demons as well, which was an Aussie kind of version of Nitro Circus. It's where a lot of the Aussie guys went. When they weren't doing Nitro Circus, they went to the Krusty Demons. Hi, um, mate. Let's go to the Krusty Demons. Oh, mate. Let's go to the Krusty Demons. I want to sounds see, very I want to see Bilko do some jumps. Who? Um, Bilko was one of the the guys who was in Nitro Circus and the Krusty Demons. Um, I wish you would have gone on to a career like that. God, no. <laughs> They used to ask me if I wanted to do that kind of thing because our father is involved very heavily in, in motorsport. He was a race bike rider. He was a drag, drag bikes. Same so thing. So there are drag races, you know, the cars, and he was drag bikes or stock bikes technically. But, yeah, so um, dad knows knows a lot of those people and uh, knows Travis. And so it was, I think I'm, I must have been – 14 or 15 the last time I saw Travis and it was one of the last times that Nitro Circus came round and we got there like super early before the audience had come in um, while they were all still kind of setting up and, um, you know, Travis was walking us around and talking to everyone and uh, he got, because there were a few of us young younger people, and he got all of us to follow him up the Giganta Ramp, which is this massive, you can Google it, the Nitro Circus Giganta Ramp. It's this huge ramp where they would have people, you know, run down on tricycles and do double backflip, all this crazy stuff that they would do. And Travis got all of us kids to go up with him and uh, gave us all like, bits of carpet and like drop sheets that they had from there. Um, whenever they would move around, you have to put all these drop sheets in so that you don't ruin trucks and stuff. And he basically got us all to slide down the Giganta ramp on uh, these drop sheets. And um, yes, yeah, so I have a video somewhere of me sliding down the Giganta ramp um, on this drop sheet somewhere. I might be able to find it, but yeah, so um, I have met Travis, and as I say, I don't. I doubt he'd remember me. I'm pretty sure he would remember Dad. I I think him and Dad are infrequently in contact. They go way back. They go way back. I mean, they do. But yeah, I used to go backstage and and hang out with those guys, and they'd be riding, you know, push bikes around and doing like. Um, bike tricks in the dressing room and in the hallways leading out to the stage. Isn't so. it just nice to be the first child? Hey, there are very rare opportunities where it is good to be the first child. In that instance, it is. In that instance, it is. You've got to keep in mind that when all of this is happening, Cooper is... Not alive. Think. No, you were alive. What? 
When I was 14 or 15, you were alive. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. You were born when I was eight. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. No. Yes, no. You would have been like six six or seven years old at this point. So then why did you go with the young links with him? Because you wouldn't have been young. You would have been very old by that point. Oh, you're <laughs> very... That makes you very old. True. I am very old. Bloody I, ancient 15-year-old he is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll actually get back onto that. Anyway, you talk about why you want to talk to Travis Pastrana. So, Travis, where do I start? At the beginning. I, uh, that's very obvious. So Travis is involved in many different types of sport, motocross biking. Is that correct, Bailey? Motocross biking. That's Travis. Isn't that well, an icon? Motorbike riding, yeah. There you go. Uh, rally car driving. I believe even IndyCar. And uh, recently, like 2020, he started doing the Gymkhana videos with Ken Block. Did you know that, Bailey? I did not. So he's done a few Jim Carter videos where he's jumped over rivers, he's jumped over helicopters, done all sorts of crazy stuff. And he's just a really crazy bloke who I would love to meet. So Travis is, you know, very cool bloke. Seems very funny. He is. I mean, he's very, uh, he's very entertaining person to spend time with. Is he? Mm. I wonder how you'd know that. Oh, you know, I've I've heard things. <sighs> you know, the annoying thing is they told me that he's met Travis Pastrana after Jim Connor Twenty Two came out, and I was obsessed with Travis. Well, like, what a great time to tell me that. I mean, you would have known at the time that we went that that's where we were going. You just had no concept of who Travis Pastrana was and didn't really, like, didn't really care until just recently you've gotten interested. More than recently. A couple of years. Anyway. Right. I would love to spend time with Travis. I mean, if Travis, if you're listening... Basically saying this with everybody. Please, come over here. We'd love to have a chat. We'll come to America. We shall. I mean, we won't, but we could. But for we any, won't. But for we any, could. <laughs> but we won't. For any American listeners, if you want us to come out there and do a live event, please let us know. Okay. We might have to start a GoFundMe to do that. We can you know. barely get epi- like guests on our episodes. We're not committing to not only a to- a live ch- show, but you're committing us to an international live show. Please send us money if you want to see that. Right. Because we, we are poor. We right. are working there'll, out of our little shed at the bottom a, of our yard. There'll be a, a, a uh, what's the word? 
There'll, <laughs> be, a, there'll be bank details at the in the description of this episode where you can uh, donate to our uh, Let's Go International Fund. We're sitting in our little shed. We can't fit everything in here. We're so jammed together. Decky's left now. Uh-oh. I can feel your Decky. heartbeat. We're so close together. Come back. <laughs> you can't hear Decky. you. Decky. Anyway, this this segment has taken a very bad turn. So let's move on, shall we? Yes, let's. So. So now we're looking at uh, someone deceased from modern history. Now we've both gone like the... The kind of brief was modern history as it would be defined in the Australian school curriculum, you know, dating back to kind of um, just post-Renaissance. But we've both picked people who've died uh, since the turn of the cent- since the turn of the millennium. Um, so people who've died post two thousand. Um, so we've it's more of a someone deceased from recent memory. Um, my person. Uh, was a staple of many childhoods, was a figure of immense um, significance and still immense significance in many people's lives, and that is Robin Williams. I mean, I th- my first experience with Robin Williams was, of course, watching Aladdin as a kid, Um not really knowing, of course, who who Robin was, and then in subsequent years, watching Mrs. Doubtfire and the Bird Cage. Oh my God, the Bird Cage! I love. That's probably one of my favorite performances of his. Is his in the Bird Cage, but also Jumanji and Patch Adams and all of these amazing films. And even if you look at, you know, some of his more. Uh, Dramatic work, you know, Goodwill Hunting, a spectacular, you know, funny but dramatic performance from him. Uh, and even, you know, we were talking about last week uh, Chris Nolan films. He's in an early Chris Nolan film called Insomnia um, from the early 2000s. So, you know, Robin obviously tragically died nearly 10 years ago now. Um, tragically um, committed suicide and I would just love the opportunity to talk to Robin about not only about the industry and, and his experiences and his immense wit and he was just so quick. You know, you watch interviews with him and you can't even see, you know, with some people you can see them thinking. You never see Robin think. He just is, by the time the thought enters his head, it's already halfway out. And he just riffs on ideas and he has this spectacular sharpness to him. Um he was truly an astounding, astounding talent. Um, and I'd love to talk to him about 
about that, but also, you know, and, and I don't want to seem, uh, I, I don't want to come across as kind of, um, heartless or anything like that, but, but I w- really would like to talk to him about mental health because I think that, you know, almost 10 years after his death, you know, I think it would be interesting to hear his thoughts on on mental health and it wasn't just his mental health that was suffering. He was also suffering from, from illness. Um, I believe it was dementia. At the time of his death, he'd just been diagnosed with Parkinson's and there was signs in his autopsy that he was also beginning to experience um, uh, symptoms of a form of dementia. And, you know, I, I can just imagine that for for a person like him, so quick and so astoundingly with it that the increasing feeling of being so out of it would have been really difficult. And I'd really love the opportunity just to hear him, him talk about it. You know, um, Michael J. Fox recently had his documentary, uh, still that talks about his experiences with Parkinson's. And I mean, it's really eye opening stuff because it's not a topic that's, easily discussed or often discussed and I think that hearing the opportunity uh, having the opportunity to be able to ask Robin about it um yeah I would I it it would have been fantastic um but you know it's, it's just not not meant to be but yeah if if I could have anyone deceased from kind of modern history it'd be Robin Williams Fair enough. Cooper, who would you have? Well, so my person is definitely a lot more recent than yours, I would say. Yep. Yep, yep. Well, mine was, yeah, 10 plus years ago. So we would like, well, we've already sort of mentioned his name in this podcast. The person I would pick to have a chat to would be the great Ken Block. Oh, yes, who I believe was one of our first episodes, if either episode one or episode two happened right around the time he, he passed away. It was on the 2nd of January. Yeah, which is I think when we recorded the second episode. Was it? Oh, I think it was around think- then. Did we mention him? See, I think we were going to mention him in an episode, but it was an episode that took about three or four times to record. I have our it was episode show three, notes I think. here. Pretty sure it was meant to be episode three. Yeah. I don't know when we talked about it. Well, but I'm sure we did. I I know that we talked about it, but... But maybe it never made it into the episode that actually released. Well, because that episode, I think it was three, and I think we did that one three or four times. Yeah, right. That might have been the case. Anyway, so so please do, do go on. So Ken Block 
the reason why I'd love to talk to him is because he lives such an astonishing life. You know, he started off as a shoe salesman. You know, he was, was it co-founder of DC Shoes? Is that what he did? Uh, I'm not sure. It was, he was either the founder or co-founder of DC Shoes. I'm Founders, sure. Ken Block, Damon Way, so he's co-founder. There yeah, you go, so I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I had no idea. So, you know. I have a pair of DC shoes somewhere. Yeah. Well, Ken Block only started racing when he was 38 years old, which is when most people retire from racing is when he started. Yeah, right. So. What was he doing before that? DC Shoes. Oh, right. So just doing the business. So he did DC Shoes and he made a lot of money out of that, selling it and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then he decided he wanted to become a race car driver, particularly rally at the age of 38, I believe it was, back in 05 it would have been probably. Yeah, Early 2000s. Wow. I didn't realise that. Yeah, and then he became... A rally car driver, which he is very well known for doing rally. Mm. Uh, he did the American Rally Association Championship, I believe. He did the WRC Championship, which is the World, World Rally World Rally Championship. Oh, uh, what other rally did he do? He did something Rally Cross. There we go. He did Rally mm. Cross. Yep. And alongside all of that. He was going to do so. There was an event called Jim Carner. Yep. Which is every year it's a sort of, I don't know how you describe it. It's like an event where you go up against each other. Okay. So he built a car for that. It was a car that he first did, I think, a Pikes Peak in and then a world tour in. So then, not a world tour, a Drive of America in. So then he built it to be a drift car. Yeah. Which was a Subaru. Uh-huh. Subaru WRX STI. Yeah. But then it never happened. It got mm-hmm. cancelled that year. So right. he decided to just do a Jim Carner practice video where he basically, okay. he did a video and put it online. Yeah. And it became famous. So then they decided to turn mm-hmm. it into an actual thing. Yeah, right. So we, they did 10 Jim Carners. Okay. And then they handed it over to Travis Pastrana, who's done two. Okay. And just, it was like November last year, Mm. we saw another one with Ken, which was Electricana. Oh, okay. In an electric car. Mm. And so I think Jim Khan is actually what he's most known for nowadays. I would say that it is because, I mean, I had no idea that he was so uh, heavily involved in, in DC shoes. That's and fascinating. You know, a lot of people over here, you know, we can't watch these sorts of rallies. So, but we can watch the Jim Carner videos online. Yeah. So I think we know Ken a lot from I mean, I first videos. remember him from appearing on Top Gear. Which, you know, they talked about his rally experience, but that was the first exposure I ever had to him. Yeah, probably where he um, was with James May, that iconic shot of jumping. Of jumping. Uh, what did he jump over? Dirt bike. Dirt bike. That was it. And he, you know, 
I think in a previous year, he set some sort of world record for a car jump. Mm. So he started off with Subaru. And while he was at Subaru, he bought a Ford Escort, mm-hmm. uh, Mark One, I think, which was an old rear-wheel drive rally car, yep. which Subaru allowed him to do a couple rallies in. Yeah, wow. And then, you know, he left Subaru and went to Ford for 11 years. Yeah. And built that Escort into a race car, and he's had so many... Very cool race cars. I actually follow someone on YouTube who owns one of his old Ford race cars. Yeah. From a Jim Carner video. I mean, the Hoonicorn Mustang. Yeah, from his Hoonigan's time. Well, you know where you probably would know the Hoonigan from most? What? Remember in... I thought you were going to say from the merch that you own that's all around our house. I don't think that one's the Hoonicorn as well. All oh, right, okay. But it's... um. Remember the first season of Top Year without the three boys with Chris and Matt? Vaguely. Where when Matt first came, Ken was drifting around London in a car. Yeah, very vaguely. That was the Hoonicorn Mustang. Right, okay. And it's one of the most iconic cars nowadays, I think. Right. Because it's an all-wheel drive twin turbo Mustang with turbos sticking out the hood. Yeah, right. It's a complete beast and, you know, then he moved to Audi. Okay. Where they built him a concept car, which was the Hoonitron. Okay. Which did Electricana. Yep. And, you know, last year he tried to do Pikes Peak. Oh, yes. International Hill Climb. Mm. Which, obviously, due to engine problems... He couldn't do with the Porsche Hooney Pegasus. Yeah. And that's another thing because his daughter, Leah, is continuing on his legacy. Yeah, right. You know, Leah is another person who I would absolutely love to talk to along with Travis because she did Pikes Peak earlier this year. She's doing rally. Yeah, wow. And it's just really fascinating because also you watch some of the videos that Ken did on his YouTube channel. Mm. He's like such a cheery man and he would laugh all the time and Mm. they're just very entertaining videos to watch. Yeah, right. So I would love to have a conversation with Ken Block. There you go. All right, we're on our last uh, set of interviews. Uh, This one is someone from ancient history. Now, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about all the kind of big names, your Alexander the Greats, your Attila the Huns, your Genghis Khans, your uh, Confucius, uh, so many, so many names, so many possibilities, uh, Plato, Socrates, Homer, uh, Euripides. But then I thought a bit more abstractly about it and sure I could talk to some of those people and I'm sure it would be an interesting conversation. But for ancient history, I wanted to talk to someone a little further removed from... Because my interest in history largely has to do with um, mythology and theology in an abstract sense. So I was thinking about it and I would really love to interview... um, 
and I don't know if I'd necessarily do it on this show, but, you know, I, I probably would. I think it would be interesting. Is to interview a Delphic Oracle, which Cooper is about to ask. You might have to tell me who that is. So, part of the religion in ancient Greece was that in the town of Delphi, there were oracles. Now, an oracle is a future seer. They're a prophet, in, in, not in a singular sense of like the prophet from your um, Judean, uh, Judea-Islamic religions, but a, a prophet in the sense of someone who tells the future. Um, so the Delphic oracles would sit in, they had their temple in basically a cave in Delphi, and the kind of myth around it was is that they would receive visions and portents of the future from the gods, from other powerful beings in the Greek cosmology. <coughs> and people would make pilgrimages to Delphi to receive a... Uh, to receive a prophecy from the oracles now they appear a lot in myths you know the myth of hercules he goes to the oracles the myth of perseus i believe he goes to the oracles a lot of uh you know jason's father is it jason's father oh the big ones oedipus oedipus's father goes to um the oracles and is told that one day his son will kill him and everything that he does to try and avoid that only makes it happen that much more. <clears throat> so I would be fascinated to speak to a Delphic Oracle, which were not just characters of fiction, they were real people who would sit in these dark caverns with smoke rising from these kind of thermic vents beneath them, creating this kind of very mystical uh, visage. And they would deliver prophecies of the future. And I mean, how interesting would it be to talk to one of those people about, you know, what what they believe? You know, they're priests, basically. It would be really interesting to hear what what they thought of, you know, their role in society. And it would be very interesting to hear them give a prophecy. Now, all of this is obviously contingent on me being able to understand their ancient Greek or them being able to understand English, but that's just kind of assumed uh, in the fact that we're interviewing them. But yeah, I I would find it very fascinating to speak to, you know, a Delphic Oracle who, it's not like there's a well-known Delphic Oracle who it's like this person was the greatest of all time. No, they were all very unassuming, normal priests who were chosen, I believe, from from the rank and file citizenry, um, and would or they were people who would make pilgrimages to Delphi and um, submit themselves to worship. And yeah, it would be. I think, a fascinating experience to talk to a Delphic Oracle. Fascinating. And Cooper, 
your final one, your deceased person from ancient history. Yes. So this person I have done uh, assignments on before. And I think that'd be very interesting to interview. It is the the one, the only. This is not the first time I've said this in this podcast. Arkanaten. Ah, yes, Arkanaten. Okay. Tell the people a bit about Arkanaten. So Arkanaten, was he technically the... Is it classed as king or is it pharaoh? Pharaoh. Pharaoh of ancient Egypt. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he was father of Tutankhamun, probably one of the I'm most... I'm sorry. It's pronounced Tutankhamun. It's not. I just really like to pronounce it. Tutankhamun. What he said. With a very, you know, anyway. Once again, what he said. Anyway. <laughs> so he is the father of Tutankhamun. Tutankhamun. Is this just going to be a Nicolaj situation? Maybe. Anyway, keep going. Who is probably one of the most famous pharaohs ever, could we say? I don't know if I'd say he's one of the most famous ever because I'd say that Tutank, uh, King Tut is a very famous pharaoh. I Cleopatra's, don't know who that is. His son, Tutankhamun, is called King Tut. Oh, is that Tutankhamun's son? No. I, I don't... Tutankhamun is also called King Tut. Oh. That is the colloquial term. Well, I don't know that. Because not all people, cough, cough, the Americans, can confidently say Tutankhamun. I don't think you can confidently say it either. (laughs) Tutankhamun or Tut. But see, it's not Tutankhamun because it's the Amun at the end. Relates to Amun-Ra, who's a god in the Egyptian pantheon, and it's Amun, so it's Tutankhamun. And I just put a little bit of a You lost me at Tutankhamun. Anyway, anyway, you've got King Tut, Cleopatra, Ramses II. I'd say, and Nefertiti. I'd say that Akhenaten's probably, like, if you go to, like, the second degree of, like, people have studied Egypt a little bit, you probably know who Akhenaten is. Or me. Well, exactly. And so, you know, he was very fascinating. He had a very fascinating interest with the sun, didn't he? Something about that. Yeah, this, wasn't it the sun god? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He was one of the first uh, in Egypt to hold almost exclusively monotheistic ro- theistic beliefs, which is uh, the belief in one god. Uh, which at the time, because uh, it predates Christianity, at the time uh, Egypt was under a polytheist religion which had multiple different gods f- uh, patronage, you know, who had patronage over multiple different domains of godhood. But uh, Akhenaten, I believe, basically only uh, acknowledged Amun-Ra as the god. Okay. I thought it would be very interesting to have, to be able to talk to a pharaoh. Mm -hmm. That would be very interesting, especially Akhenaten, considering I have done an assignment on him. Yeah. 
Apparently, I don't remember much about that assignment. I mean, it would be more helpful if you'd uh, been able to talk to him before you did the assignments. Because then you'd just be able to say, well, I got this from a primary resource. (laughs) Damn it, why are you bringing that up now? Well, you know. That would have been a good idea. What can you do? Also, while I was researching, I heard somewhere that he has a lot of like, how do you describe it? Oh, so sorry. He he didn't believe in Amun-Ra because technically the sun god in Egyptian mythology exists in three different forms like um, in uh, Christianity you have Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Um, similar thing in Egyptian mythology. He believed in Aten who was That's his... That's it? Yeah. <laughs> Now His you're bringing it all back God. to me. Um, and also from memory, I remember reading somewhere that he had like lots of women features. Is, am I remembering this right? And he, that he was quite androgynous, I believe. Is that it? I don't know. Which is not f- necessarily feminine in appearance, but is kind of um, almost genderless. Yes, based on Akhenaten's and his family's unusual artistic representations, including potential depictions of androgyny, some have argued that the pharaoh and his family have either had aromatase excess syndrome. Basically, they had a very, um, you know, there are, there are actors today and people today who, who are quite androgynous. You know, Tilda Swinton's one who's referenced a lot who have uh, appearances of both femininity and masculinity simultaneously. Okay. Please continue. Yeah, I think it'd be really fascinating to talk to a pharaoh, especially one like Arkhanaden. Mm. Right. There you go. So... um. And I think what's also interesting really quick just while I'm looking at it is that, you know, this culture shift that he tried to instigate, you know, this move away from polytheism um, was reversed after his death and his monuments were dismantled, statues destroyed, and his name was kind of pushed out of the history books and wasn't really rediscovered until, um, until the discovery of the city. Which, Which city? Uh, the city of Amana or Architaten, uh, which is the new capital city he built for the worship of Arten. And then they found... Oh, okay. So it's questionable whether he was actually the father of Tutankhamun because, of course, his name was scrubbed from the records. But it's believed that a mummy that was his was found in the Valley of the Kings. But anyway. Fascinating. Mm. So uh, I believe that wraps up this episode of the podcast, does it? I believe it does. So thank you, everybody, for listening to us talk about the guests we would love to have. Hopefully the next time we get around to a guest episode in about four weeks' time, we will have some guests to talk to. Isn't that right, Cooper? Yes. 
you can't just not. You started that just by nodding. You can't nod on a podcast. The people can't see you. Well. You've got to verbally nod by saying yes. I did. I went yes. Yeah, but there was a massive delay. Anyway, there won't be a massive delay when I edit this, so it'll be fine. Anyway. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the show, lovely listeners. Um, And if you haven't caught up with the latest episodes of the show, be sure to go back to the start of season two. And if you haven't caught the first season of our show, the first 15 episodes of the show, please do go back and give those a listen. Uh, They are still canon. They are still, you know, we haven't done a, a reset. But, uh, yeah, please go back, listen to all of our old stuff and get excited for next week's Filmic Feelings. Until then. Bye. Bye. Bye.